Hey everybody, it's Luke McElroy and welcome back to uh, another Physiology Secrets. Just finished up for the night at the office, 8.10pm, another late one, got another late one tomorrow. Going to get in trouble from the missus at some stage, but that's okay. Um, I wanted to talk today about strength and power training, just just briefly. So I had, a, had an email this morning from Georgia who has been following the podcast along and bit of background about her is uh, she's just recently started playing AFL women's and she basically wants to to go to the top level go to the elite level so it was her first year just gone and she sent me an email saying that she's got a really good aerobic capacity a good engine um, she can run for a long time she just can't run fast enough so her question was sort of surrounding you know how can she increase her speed um, uh, and whether I had any advice on that. So she was already completing some strength work, just some basic strength. Um, so I wanted to make this podcast, I was, I was sort of tossing out whether to talk about it or not and, and whether I can tie it into endurance athletes. And there is a fair bit of research out there to suggest that, uh, that even heavy strength training is quite beneficial. So I, I want to I answer the question first and then tie it into how it's going to be relevant for um, the rest of us. So in terms of increasing running speed, um, I, I mean, there's lots of ways you can do it, but from a from a fairly straightforward um, periodization of strength, well, the way you can do it is, is basically three four-week blocks, all right? So um, what we want to do first, in that first four-week block, we want to focus on hypertrophy. So hypertrophy just means basically muscle size, growing, growing our muscle size, right? So um, the, the fibers that are prone to hypertrophy are our fast twitch fibers. The fast twitch fibers are the ones that we use during explosive movements. So, so twitch, twitch fibers work from small to big. So your small, slow twitch endurance fibers, they're gonna get recruited first um, at, at a low, th- they have a low threshold, so at, a, at a, low, um, a low exertion, such as going for an endurance zone run. And your, your large, fast twitch fibers, they're only gonna get recruited at a high threshold or, or when you need them, okay? So the trick to actually, um, first of all, what we wanna do is we wanna, we wanna increase the size um, and work capacity of those fast twitch fibers. So we wanna get them to become bigger, all right? You don't get more of them, they just become bigger. If they become bigger, then their potential to contract increases as well so they can produce more force. All right, so basically the way that you want to do that is, is we're looking around 8 to 12 reps, you know, somewhere around sort of 3 to 6 sets, depending on how much time you've got. Start with 3, build up to 4. Um, you know, I, I personally don't think anything over 5 is, is, uh, is, is necessary. It's kind of like you, know, you, get the, you get the 70% of your benefit from the first 3, you might get an extra 10% for your 4th and another 5% for your 5th, that sort of thing. Okay, So um, 8 to 12 reps at at sort of uh, three to three to up to six sets there. And I can just I can just picture Nick laughing at me now, thinking that he should be talking about this, and he probably should be, but he's on holiday, so I'm talking about it. Um, in terms of weight, you're looking sort of somewhere around about uh, 75, 85% of your one rep max. Don't worry about that being scientific. All you want to do is, uh, is um, basically you, you, you want to be fatigued as in unable to so if you're aiming for 12 reps you want to be unable to do a 13th rep um, in that set if you're aiming for eight then you don't want to be able to do a ninth set so you want to be fatigued and unable to complete the rep at the end of of the target all right so if you just aim for eight to 12 then if you can if you can finish 12 and you can do 13 then you need to put the weight up just think of it that way okay Um, if you can't do eight then you need to drop the weight down 
because you want to be able to complete at least eight. Um, in terms of speed of movement, uh, generally intent, intent to lift should be high. So generally go fast on the way up and then slow on the way down, all right? Now, for running, I'm not going to go into upper body because it's not going to be super applicable to the guys listening. Um, but for the lower body ones, you're looking at squat and deadlift. So do your compound movements, all right? So uh, just a, a squat or, or even a leg press if you have to regress it. Um, leg press is obviously on the, on the, mach- the, the machine at 45 degrees. Um, ideally do a squat. It's more functional. You actually have to overcome the weight and use your core and all that sort of stuff. But if you have to start with the leg press, then do so. Um, and a de- just a basic deadlift. They're the two main movements that you need to do. All right. Then we can talk about we can talk about sports specificity and you know because you're running, you can do one-legged lunges and that sort of stuff. That's specific. But get the basics right first. Squat and deadlift, um, eight to twelve reps, three to six sets, and you should be pretty fatigued by the end of each of those reps. There, uh, each of the sets. Sorry. So that's for four weeks. All right. So you want to overload that for four weeks. And that, in theory, that's going to increase muscle size and increase our ability to actually contract, right, uh, and forcefully contract. After we do that, we then want to build maximum strength, right? So we want to get that muscle-mind connection and be able to, our, our newer, bigger fibers, we now want them to be able to contract maximally, all right? So now we're looking around that, depending on, like, injuries and all that, but what generally one to three reps at you know, 90 to 100% of what you can lift. So I'd probably recommend with three, because one, you know, I, I don't know, if you're a very experienced lifter, then sure, one, one RM's great. But I'd say, let's aim for sort of you know, 90, 95%, do sort of three reps of each if you can, okay? And make sure you get your technique right first. If you need someone to, to teach you, then um, yes, I go find a, a qualified professional of some sort, okay? Um, so yeah, one, one to three reps. Let's aim for three, and we're doing we're doing five or six sets there. So you're still not lifting a whole like a, a lot of of repetitions, but it is meant to be. It is maximal. So this is like um, it's going to take you a while to lift that weight, obviously. But you want to be absolute maximum effort to lift that weight off the floor or to squat, um, and again go slow on the way down. All right, two seconds down, explosive up. Again, do that for four weeks. And then the last four-week block, we're going to go the other end of the force velocity curve and we're going to do explosive plyometric work, okay? Um, In an ideal world, you shouldn't do plyometric work until you can lift. So uh, squat squat two times your body weight and deadlift two and a half times your body weight. That's probably an unrealistic goal in sort of eight weeks, but that's just to, to reduce... Uh, the the likelihood of becoming injured. So just be really careful is all I'm going to say for that. All right. So plyometric work, a uh, bit of homework for the guys listening. Have a, so go onto YouTube and check out uh, Anna Mir's box jump, and she can jump. It's ridiculous how much power she can produce. But that's sort of a plyometric movement there. So you can do, you can jump up to a platform. You can do bounding. Um, you can do hops, you can do bounds, you can do skips, all that sort of stuff. Just go on to Google, check out plyometrics, um, plyometric for runners or whatever, and, and see what comes up. But basically, this is where we can get sport specific. So you need to run, so we're going to do some bounds, we're going to do some, um, probably not going to do, you can do a little bit of jumping, but it's probably more applicable to do bounds and hops and that sort of thing for running. Cyclists, you're going to do more jumps, because that's the movement that you're doing um, when you're pedaling. And I'm, oh, I'm not 100% sure on contacts. There, there, is, there is a recommendation on how many ground contacts you should do in a session. I'm feeling like it's somewhere around, I 
up to 120. So if you were to do like, you know, if you're just jumping up and down the spot, you might do, you know, six, well, if you do like say six sets of 15 or something, what's that work out to be? That's, um, that'd be probably around that 120 mark. So something like that at the top end, maybe start with like half that. Uh, I might even get Nick to do another one. He's, I know Nick's keen to do some strength ones anyway, so I will get him on to do that because he's all over his strength and conditioning. But uh, just do some research on that. But we're looking around that 100 mark in terms of contacts, plenty of rest in between. So let's tie this all together. We've just done, we've just done 12 weeks of training, and the whole theory behind it, it's similar to when you're doing your aerobic-based training, is that you want to sequence it properly. Right? So the first four weeks, we're building muscular size and our ability to actually, for those fibers to, to generate force. Then we're going into a max strength phase so that we get the muscle-mind connection so that those, those fibers in the neural system can actually um, elicit those thresholds and really really um, contract all of those muscle fibers in the right sequence and, and produce as much uh, force as possible. Now, if you're going to go out and lift really, really heavy weights, it's not going to translate well to your event, which is obviously you want to run faster, so sprinting speed, that sort of stuff. That's when we go into the sport specifically. We, we, go, we go from the... From heavy heavy force and slow speed to lower force so body weight basically just body weight and and really really quick speed all right so as fast as you possibly can it's an explosive movement and by working all all areas of that force velocity curve uh, in that sequence it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna turn into uh, uh, an improvement in your rate of force uh, yeah your rate of force development all right so you're gonna be able to generate power more quickly if you can generate power more quickly you're gonna run a lot faster and that's sort of how it works so there, that's the main recommendation I have for you now moving on to to how is this applicable for an endurance athlete it's actually quite a few there's a few reasons why it is all right so the, the number one thing that comes to mind is I actually got dragged dragged along last Tuesday to Sandown Racecourse to do a to do a criterium, so a one hour continuous uh, laps or maximum laps of the of, of the racecourse there, um, and it's been six years since I've done a criterium, and I loved it. I mean, I absolutely loved it. I'm not fit for it at the moment, but I absolutely loved it, um, and basically bit of a background story oh so i used to race crit six years ago and i, I loved them i did them for i did like two races a week at least i uh, traveled over melbourne i was just like a 17 18 year old kid but really really liked them and i moved up the grades really really quickly and i was never the fittest i wasn't even close to the fittest there uh, but i played to my strengths i knew that i had a decent body size behind me and i knew that if i if i'm smart with my training i don't need to be the fittest out of everybody because i know i can be the fastest at the end okay so i devoted a lot of my time in the gym doing pretty much what we just spoke about building size first then then strength then power and that translated into performance all right so as long as i could sit in the pack and not be completely stuffed by the end of the race i knew i was you know at least an 80 percent chance to win that because at least at the c and b grade levels a grade's a different story because there's genetic freaks in there but um i knew that i had the power in the legs uh, and the anaerobic capacity to be able to to beat most people um to put to put simply okay so i could i've seriously lost count of how many times you go down to a crit a crit race, and you say, "Look, I basically say, look, how do you win?" And they say, "Oh, you know, I just have to do a breakaway. I've got no, I can't sprint." You know, how many people tell me that they can't sprint is is off the charts. So you can sprint, you just have to do the right work. Um, not and saying that not everybody can sprint, but if you're if you've got a decent 
decent body size behind you, generally you can sprint, you just have to do the work, right, in the gym, okay? And it's something I'm going to play around with a little bit over the, over this season. I'll, you know, I've got no excuses now that I'm literally across the road from Glenvale Crits and, and down the road from Sandown. So um, I can't see myself training more than probably six, maybe eight hours a week if I get lucky, depending on how busy I am. Um, so I'm basically going to try to get as just get my get my threshold up enough just so I can hang with the pack. I don't need to do a breakaway, just hang with the pack. And I'm going to spend a fair bit of time in the gym developing my rate of force development and my power so I can win the sprint at the end. All right. So that's sort of going to be my strategy, a bit of story behind that. Now, I pretty much just answered the question: How is this applicable for for cyclists? Well, if you're a crit racer, then um, you don't have to be the fittest, you can just be the fastest at the end and you can just save your energy by drafting throughout, okay? Uh, th- there are people who are now on the national circuit who I well and truly comfortably beat back in the day because they couldn't sprint or they, they had a the massive, uh, their threshold was head and shoulders above mine. They were clearly fitter, but they couldn't, they didn't have that rate of force development at the end. So then um, I won and they didn't and that took ages to come up. So for cyclists, that, that's a really good reason. Um, for runners, there's a lot of studies out there to show that plyometric training is, is uh, directly correlated with an increased uh, improvement in your running economy. So if you do plyometric training, your running economy is better, particularly for 5Ks and less. Beyond 5Ks, there wasn't too much correlation, but for if you're doing 5K or less, 3K, 2K, whatever, your running economy will be better so you can run more efficiently, you can use less oxygen um, while you're doing like a 5K time trial, for example, okay? As I just said before, plyometrics is really, really um, strenuous in terms of load, so it's still applicable to do your hypertrophy and your max strength training because we really don't want to do too much plyometrics if we can't, you know, lift two times our body weight with a squat. Uh, and two and a half for a deadlift, right? All close enough too. So it's really important to build the, the strength foundation, just as you need to build your base fitness before you do all the other stuff, yeah? You gotta build the strength base first, then you do your specific plyometric exercises, and that actually improves your running economy, which is therefore gonna correlate to your performance. So um, we're about to go over time, so let's, let's wrap it up. As a summary, strength is still applicable for endurance athletes, uh, particularly if you have anything with a sprint finish at the end. Um, and it also positively correlates to your running economy and lots of ways you can do it but in terms of a progressively and a logical build you want to do hypertrophy for four weeks so eight to twelve reps three to six sets you know be fatigued by the end of each set there Uh, then we do four weeks of max strength one to three reps pretty much going as you know always intent to move is always maximal pulling that bar as as hard as you can and, and lifting as fast as you can for three to six sets uh, and then into plyometric stuff, which is basically speed and explosive work. Just go to YouTube and, and YouTube plyometrics for some sports. And it's really fun. I actually really enjoy plyometric training. It's definitely my f- preferred method. I just have to build up my base strength again so I don't injure myself doing it. But yeah, plyometrics is really, really fun to include. All right. Hopefully that was useful, guys. Please put any comments below. Uh, let's, if you're listening to this and you sort of haven't said good day yet, send me an email. Put a... Uh, Put a comment below. Ask me a question so I don't have to think of content. I like to just answer questions. It's a lot easier. And again, tell your friends to subscribe and I'll speak to you again soon.